Is it, uh, is it just me or is it weird every time Kevin Harlan on the Warriors game broadcast TNT does a ad reading for Rich and Scandal or Rich and, <laughs> Shame, Rich and Shameless, Girls Gone Wild story. It's like, wait, what? What are we talking about now? Like, there's kids that are watching that are watching this broadcast and you're doing you're doing ad readings for Girls Gone Wild. It's just like what so a time bizarre. in our lives where we were. Pre-teen, early teen boys without very limited access to internet. And our way of getting that was staying up until 3 a.m. on Comedy Central to see censored versions of Girls Gone Wild footage. Don't lie, Julio. Have you seen Girls Gone Wild video before? And I probably have. Yeah. But my it's buddy, like my buddy in college had one. And one night we were like waiting. We're pre-gaming, waiting to go out to a party and then. Like our friend who had the address ended up just not texting us. So, and we were like, just, we were so just baffled that our, our buddy in the dorms like had one. So we turned it on and we just watched it for like two or three hours. Just a bunch of guys in a dorm room just watching it. It was, it's the creepiest, weirdest way to do it. But it was like, it was just, it just was one of those nights when you're a freshman in college, you just like, and you don't have anything to do. You're just, you, you yeah, it, but it was hilarious <laughs> looking back it, on it. It's it's a weird <clears throat> rite of passage to watch some sort of form of pornography with your friends <laughs> when you're at a young age. Sounds, as weird, it's sounds. weird saying that as a 32-year-old at this point, but it's like I think everybody's gone through that. Anyways, yeah, welcome to the that. show. Welcome to Town Tailgate. I'm I'm Chris Madrigal. That's Julio Reynoso. Where I promise this podcast is not about pornography. We're um, not that. That was well. Yeah, that's it. No more. Yeah, uh, I was at opening day. It was a lot of fun. Uh, our our good friend Julio, or not Julio, you're Julio. Our good friend Chris Martinez, State Farm in Walnut Creek. He gave me this. He also gave me a a bunch of swag. I have to give you some of it. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. what? Hold on one second. Uh, filibuster. Right. I'll, for I'll, five I'll, seconds. I'll, I'll, that's. Yeah, that is what a filibuster is. So, uh, Chris went to the home opener. He's now been going for about 15, 16 years in a row. I unfortunately couldn't make it this year. Um, planning on hopefully heading up for Memorial Day weekend, but we shall see. We got a great show ahead of you, though. Uh, our big three. A lot of stuff happened this past week in baseball. Miguel Cabrera, uh, welcome to the 3000 Hit Club. No surprise, Yankee fans are jerks. And uh, Otani had one of the best starts in recent history on top of that a lot of a's news to cover um we just finished 17 days and seven or 17 games in 17 days how'd it go to everything that came out of it uh god of somebody's already becoming an instant fan favorite in oakland which is pretty astonishing and uh we didn't really get a chance to do a full fleshed out version of this just because of time and schedules and all this but for our main segment we are doing a condensed version of our season prediction so I killed enough time. Look at that. He's got him. We sold now. out. I'm back. We sold out. So for the people listening in on the podcast, uh, I'm holding up a State Farm mug, coffee mug. I have State Farm sunglasses on. Right there. Oh wait, no. Here we go. Other side right there. Other side there. Right it is. There. Yeah. State Farm red sunglasses, and I have a State Farm foam basketball up on my shelf. So that is to represent our. Sponsor, Chris Martinez, State Farm Agent of Wanna Creek. If you need insurance, home, auto, or life insurance, hit up Chris Martinez. His phone number is 
Sorry, 95-266-8997. And make sure you tell him that the boys at Town Tailgate who led off the podcast talking about the Girls Gone Wild documentary and their first time into... <laughs> anyway. Into manhood. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, he, he threw us a, uh, a little little opening day tailgate. It was a lot of fun. Had some burgers, had some beers, or dogs, and had some beers. Um, went into the stadium. It was, you know, the game was awesome, which was really cool. The sixth inning as a lot of you guys um, probably watched, was really exciting. Um, that amazing, was it four-run, four six-inning? Five-run, six-inning, because it was 1-1 one, one at that point. Uh, or Yeah, 1-1. One, one. Um, and, you know, it, I, it was a great preview of the young talent, too. Um, Christian Pache kind of, uh, he hit in two runs. Uh, who else? Noisy was the first person to get on base. Um, really, like, introducing the future to um, the home fan base. Um, probably the least attendance that I've seen of an opening day in my 14 years of going 14 years straight of going to opening day. I was pretty shocked. I remember you texting me saying like, it looked like a pretty decent crowd. It was a pretty decent crowd for like a Friday night, but it wasn't a decent crowd for an opening day. Opening day always sells out. There's always 50,000 strong in that stadium. There was about 19, 17 or whatever. Um, and Julio wants me to talk about the experience. The experience was terrible. Um, the lines were long as shit everywhere. Um, half of the concession stands were closed. Um, we went up to the shy tavern, uh, bar to get, to get drinks. And if anyone's ever been up there, that bar is fucking huge. It's like a 50 foot bar on both ends. Um, typically there's close to eight to 10 bartenders that are behind there. Just kind of moving things along. There was three bartenders total in the entire bar. Um, it took us 20 minutes to get beers. Um, it was brutal. It it was, it, it's, it was complete sabotage. It was clear. I don't want to, you know, I, I hate to start the podcast off so somber, but I mean, everybody knows it was that they're doing everything they can to fudge the numbers to make it seem like, like the market isn't here so they can move, but it was pathetic. But you know, what wasn't pathetic is the major, the baseball history that happened this past Friday. Boom. Mediocre Boom. transition. Miguel Cabrera, welcome to the 3,000 Hits Club, our former nemesis turned, uh, I guess, pal. I think yeah, at this point in his career, I think everybody kind of loves Miggy. I uh, loved Miggy back then when he was going up against us in the ALDS. Back yeah, then. I think it was more Justin Verlander I hated more than him. Yeah. But uh, Justin, uh, yeah, Miguel Cabrera hit uh, 3,000 Hits. He becomes the uh, sixth. The 33rd member of the 3,000 Hit Club, and he becomes only the seventh member of the 3,000 Hits 500 Home Run Club. So, you know, round of applause. There's going to be a good chance we're not going to see another 3,000 Hit player for a while. We'll talk about that in a, in a minute. But Julio, um, fun fact: Barry Bonds doesn't have 300 hits, 3,000 hits. Yeah, I think it. I think the list is like. I I looked that up when he when he hit when he when he got intentionally walked, so it was like the two games before the three thousandth hit. Uh, I looked it up and I was like, "What? Barry Bonds doesn't have three thousand hits?" I was like shocked. Now, can you name the six players who have three thousand hits and five hundred home runs? Hmm. I could try. All right. Babe. Try real quick. 
Who? Babe. No. Babe Ruth doesn't? Oh, no. Man. Okay. Carl Yastrzemski? No. Okay. Lou Gehrig? All right, we're cutting you off. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Rafael Palmeiro, Albert Pujols, Rafael Alex Rodriguez, Palmero? Wow, Eddie Murray, and that Miguel. Uh, I I don't have this that actual stat in front of me. But Miguel Cabrera also became only the third. You know, depending on when he retires and what happens this year, but he will be only the third player ever to have three thousand hits, five hundred home runs, and have a career batting average of over three hundred. And, like, the only two other players are Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. Like, That's pretty wild. We, we're kind of, you know, the early 2010s, Miggy was god-tier And probably the only guy production. in that tier, in that group that has a, a triple crown. Yep. Yep. Yeah. How did, Does that make you feel old? Like, do you, no. I remember, I no, but I remember. I already feel old. Yeah, that's true. But I remember being a freshman in high school watching baby Miggy win a world series and he was just a slender kid yeah in left field in left field yeah dude left field oh man that was weird how do you feel about the uh the yankees intentionally walking him um i mean i don't if it were like a, if it were like the the sixth inning and they're down by like three runs or then I, I, you know, then I'd be like, what the fuck? Okay, this is kind of fucked up. But, I mean, they could, they still had a chance to win the game, you know? It was 1-0. They had a man on third and, 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 and second. They had one out. You need to try and ground into a double play. You can't get a double play if there's no one on first. So, you intentionally, like, I don't, I don't blame Aaron Boone for doing that. He's still trying to win the fucking baseball game. Like, it, you know... If this was his last game of his career, then it's one thing. But it's not. It's like the it's like the, the second week of the season. Like he he's gonna get his three thousand hit. Like it's gonna happen this season. So there's no point to, yeah. It wasn't a great week for the Yankees in general. We'll talk about that in the next uh, part of the segment. But um, yeah, I, I I feel like there's not a lot you can really talk about it. I think you just gotta really take the step back and appreciate how awesome yeah. he's been for our baseball watching life. Obviously, gonna be a first ballot hall of famer and i think the coolest part about it too was his single um he was driven in by spencer torkelson from a three-round bomb who tiger fans are going to tell you that guy's the second coming of of he's gonna be the next great tiger so it's kind of yeah. cool to see that now i'm gonna ask I like you that, kid. that kid's fucking good dude oh he looks asu legend he was yeah he almost broke a barry bonds freshman home run record and then COVID yeah. hit mm-hmm. so Here's just a, a couple potential names that might get there. I think we can already roll out um, Andrew McCutcheon's 35, and he has 1839. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, Robinson Cano's 39, and he's about 369 away. Nice. Not going to happen. It's possible. I think it's possible. As a thirty-nine-year-old, he has to get three hundred more hits. Yeah, he'd have to play like four more seasons, but it's not impossible. Uh, Yadier Molina, uh, twenty-one sixteen. He's already said this is it, so that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Joey Votto needs another a thousand. That's not happening. Yeah. Nelson Cruz needs another one thousand. He needs a lot. A couple potential names though. Jose Altuve is thirty-two. He has one thousand seven hundred and thirty. 
83. Yes uh, or maybe, no? Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't know. The other you one. You typically slow down around early, early 30s, early to mid 30s. So it's like you're not, though he may be halfway there now, he's not going to get 1,500 more hits in the next however many years, you know, 10 years of his career, you know? Um, the other one that could be close, Eric Hosmer, also 32. 1,648. No. No. No shot in hell. Who is... <laughs> we'll move into the next segment. But I'm going to give you a pop quiz. Who is closer to 3,000 hits? Kurt Suzuki or Brandon Crawford? <laughs> is it Kurt Suzuki? It is Kurt Suzuki. That's pretty shocking. Therefore, Oakland is better than San Francisco. For all those people who have been telling me that Brandon Crawford's this, like great hitter for the past 10 years i mean i think that's evidence right there dude okay before he we had go one good year of hitting he had one good year of hitting it was last season so giants fans can chill out dude there is this one baseball writer on twitter who thinks that all the giants success in the last 20 years has become they've actually been secretly massive steroid users <laughs> that's quite it was wild the dude was like theory. You're telling me all this shit happened with Barry Bonds and nothing happened to the org and the organization knew it. Nothing happened. You, all these guys who were career journeyman hitters all of a sudden became fucking Babe Ruth during these World Series years. Like who the hell? Like who the hell was like, like Cody, Cody Ross. Ross? Yeah, and they're like, oh, and then all of a sudden, all these guys who were pretty washed up and Belt Crawford and Posey all of a sudden have career years. I'm like, I don't believe it, but I thought I. I think it was funny. It's quite the conspiracy theory. Next topic. We already said Yankees uh, are did not have a great week. Um, even though this wasn't really the, the team itself, this was the fan base. of. So in case you missed it yesterday, during a very contentious game against the Cleveland Guardians, uh, in the bottom of the ninth, Glaber Torres hit a walk-off. Still off. not used to that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be weird. They're, we're going to have a drinking game every time you still hear Indians. Yeah. Um, but uh, Glaber Torres hit a walk-off to right field. Game over. All right, that's it. And then all of a sudden, Yankee fans started bombarding uh, Oscar Mercado, right fielder for the Guardians, with beers and whatever plastic stuff that was happening there. Um, the reason why it happened is in the previous inning, or pre later in, earlier in the inning, Steve Kwan, uh, he's a left fielder, the rookie sensation we talked about last week, he made a play to try to get a ball, and he collided into the fence in left field. And uh, he was down, a pretty scary moment for a second. It turned out to be okay. But Yankee fans were really yapping at him, saying a lot of stuff. Miles Straw. Yeah, Miles Straw, center fielder, ran over to go check on his boy. And they started getting in it with Yankee fans. They were talking a lot of shit. And then what eventually led to it was the beers flying down the field. Um, Miles Straw went on to say that Yankee fans are classless and that they are the worst fan, boy, fan base on the planet. And I think we all could have told you that uh, since day one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Julio sent me the John Boy breakdown, which is really good. And you can just he hear the, like, he's a Yankee fan. You could just hear the, like, anger on his voice that, you know, these fellow Yankee fans are making – Making it, them look bad and how classless that was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, I, I don't know how much more we can get into. I think we both agree that was pathetic and it was disgusting. And 
just the the act in general at the beginning when he's hurt and the Yankee fans in in left field are like cheering like yeah let's go fuck you fuck you like blah blah, blah. like come on bro like you care you like the, this baseball team is that important to you that we're going to like you know you know live above like you know more i don't know your morals i i it just it was it's disgusting and and i don't blame miles straw for going for climbing up the the fence and and saying something to those guys like you know he's defending his boy and he's telling him like he's telling him the way it is like that's classless um yeah i it, you know to get them to stop throwing beer bottles at at, at the end of the walk-off judge and 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 aaron judge and john carlos stanton had to go out there and like stand between um the fa- the fans in in the right field bleachers and and uh and the the guardians players who are like being held back and and have to like signal to the fans like hey cut it out like that's not cool like stop stop like it's it's ridiculous like so your your star your your stars have to get involved to get you guys to shut the fuck up like that's and stop being menaces like it's just i don't know it's just pathetic it's just absolutely pathetic and I'm sure we could ask Robbie and Rich about it, but they're going to say the same thing that we're saying. Like they're, they're probably not very proud of their fan base right now either. Yeah. And it's, you know, not to continue a stereotype. I'm, I'm sure we, as base fans probably have some weird stereotype. I don't know what, what it would be. Like we all have drums in our pockets or some shit, but um, yeah, it, it just sucks. It sucks that that had to happen. Yeah. And I would imagine too, because Miles Straw did come from the Astros he probably already had some shit set to him over the last two, three years as being a part of that franchise. So I can only yeah. imagine that was the tipping point. But I hopefully, you know, John Boy did a really great job of getting footage of this play of this fan. So I'm hoping like a ban is coming soon. And um, you know, we're look, we're all for talking shit. Have fun with it. Don't ever push over. You you should know what the boundaries are. And yeah, I, I can say I think we've both been pretty drunk at baseball games, but I've never had the desire once to be like I'm throwing a beer at somebody in the field. So, I, I mean, I've never even yelled anything malicious, let alone act. I've uh, I've said some bad things to Barry Bonds as a kid, but also okay, I was a kid and it was Barry Bonds. All right, let's move on. Yep, Otani, Otani. Otani. Uh, he had arguably one of the best starts ever. Um, he he was winless. He in the last six or he, he didn't have a great outing in the previous game, but then on Wednesday night against the Houston Astros on four twenty of all days, yeah, uh, uh, he looked like the what we all thought he he is what he was whatever anyways amazing six innings pitched a career high 12 strikeouts uh he had a no he had a perfect game going into the top of the seventh and he also had more hits as an individual he collected two hits and two rbis than the astros did when he was pitching so he had more hits than he gave up what (laughs) yeah i mean Honestly, when you sent me this, I wasn't surprised. He's that fucking good. He's probably going to win the MVP again this year. They're taking the reins off him um, hitting-wise. He's going to be able to hit when he's pitching. This dude's a fucking maniac. He's so good. He's the face of baseball. 
he plays in our division, which sucks, but happy for the dude. And it's fucking awesome. Um, and he's just fun to watch. And yeah. The only thing I would I'm a little nervous about, and we saw it last week, is uh just Joe Madden not um uh, just Joe Madden Joe Madden himself, if that makes sense. Like Joe yeah. Madden intentionally walking with the bases loaded. Yeah, when he yeah, when he walked in a run, that's so what is I, I is he like losing his mind? What's going on there? I don't yeah. He you know, he's always been kind of that weird thinker, but it's it's kind of you know, we'll have to talk next whenever we do an Angels A's pod, um, when the next series yeah. comes up, we'll have to talk to John about it because it'd be interesting to hear what Angels fan base is because it seems like the game is starting to pass him a little bit in that sense. Yeah. It's almost like he's trying to overcompensate, like show everybody like I'm fucking the smartest person in baseball, even though you're clearly not because you walked in a run. Um, like he's he's trying to prove himself or something like that. It's really fucking weird. I don't get it. Now, obviously, Mark Hatze is the smartest person in baseball. We know that, Chris. Come obviously. On. Good segue. Hell yeah. So here we are. Uh, we're, that was the end of the headlines. We are going into A's news uh, and... It's recording this on a Sunday night. It's April 24th. And tomorrow, April 25th, is the first day off for the A's. 17 games in 17 days. Chris, 9-8. and 9-8, eight. and eight, considering the talent level that we have to play and playing 17 games in 17 days, I'm pretty fucking happy with that. Considering we had a COVID outbreak. Jed Larry, Chad Pender, Stephen Piscotty, AJ Puck, and Kirby Sneed. All went on the COVID IL. Uh, Puck and Piscotti are already back. Jed Pender. Oh, and Kirby came back as well. So it's just Jed and Pender. Yeah, Kirby pitched today. Um, Steven Voke and Kevin Smith both went to the IL. So that's just extra bodies. We, Which meant we had to bring up more guys to make their major like league Mickey, debut. Like Mickey Mack. Mickey Mickey Mac, Mickey is Mickey Mac over here, man. Well, that's what Katie Nolan was calling him on the on the Apple TV broadcast. She's like Mickey Mac. Mickey, that's funny. She was like she was like obsessed with it. Every time he would do anything, she'd be like Mickey Mac making a play. <laughs> hey kid, look at the kid over here, Mickey. Mac. She was that's just loving funny. it. She was loving um, everything about it. Christian Lopes got a major league debut, but I think the one guy we really want to talk about. We've been talking about him for years since really Nick day one of this fucking pod. Allen, baby. Whee! Finally came up. So his rookie year has officially started. He looks pretty damn good, as good as we thought he would be um, defensively. Um, he's gotten a couple of hits, and, yeah, you know, it'll be a slow burn for him, but I think we can expect similar results to spring. The one thing is um, he's really small. Yeah, he's super small. I didn't yeah. realize he's, like, because, you know, it's weird. That's how shortstops used to be. Right, yeah. like shortstops used to be kind of undersized dudes, but then now you've got to be at least six foot to be playing short nowadays. At least it feels like it. Yeah, I um, mean, like Pee Wee Reese, like that. There's a reason why he was called Pee Wee Reese. Yeah, he was super short. Yeah. yeah, but then here comes Cal Ripken's big ass, and pretty much yeah. changed the archetype yeah. of what a shortstop could be. Um, but I was gonna say, I, I feel like he's he's still a little r- rough. With playing yeah. short, there's raw. making some yeah raw yeah. There's definitely some plays. But dude, he I, made that insane fly ball catch like midway outfield yesterday. And 
I don't know if it's if whatever ground they play on in in Vegas compared to what they play in in Oakland or mm-hmm. in Stockton as well might be a different. But there is definitely some plays where I'm like, you should be making those. But um, hey, that happens. I'm I don't know if this will happen. I don't know if they would would if he would even consider this. But hell, I would rather have him just become the the everyday shortstop and just move Elvis to second. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because I mean, Elvis, I don't, I mean, Elvis, Elvis has very costed much in, us some a little already, and when it comes yeah. to the glove. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But his hitting has been really good this season. So it's like all, all the hating I did on him on our first part of the season, where I'm like, you're gonna get fucking cut. Like, there's no point for you. Kind of like started to change my opinion a little bit because we need his bat. I'm glad you said that because he's he has come down to earth a little bit in terms of his average, but yeah. I've been seeing. But whether, he's getting hits, big hits, and big moments. Yes, I've been seeing a lot between A's Reddit and A's Twitter. I've been seeing a lot of why do we have Vogue on this team? Why do we have Elvis on this team? Why, like you know, these old guys? What are you doing? You realize none of these other guys have. Barely any major league experience that are on this yeah. roster for most of the part. You need those guys to help fucking guide a little bit. Like, well, you need vote and you need Lowry because they play every single. Well, I mean, Lowry plays every single position in the infield. Vote plays every single outfield position if you need him to. Mostly right field though, first base <laughs> and catcher. So like, you need the versatility in case injuries happen, like we had this past week with the COVID list. Also, um, another player. Elvis is just old. He only plays shortstop. So that's the thing. Play, he's yeah. thirty-three, dude. He's not that old. Why does it feel like he's been around forever? <sighs> because he's he got called. He was like 20. he got called up hella young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, another player we for, I, we forgot to mention too. Uh, Christian Betancourt actually looked pretty solid behind the dish. He had a great outing the other day with um, uh, who was a starter? I think it was Jeffries was pitching to him. Yeah, but um, he had some major strikeouts in big moments yeah. yesterday and, and Friday. Like, there was, like, a runner on third, and he strikes out in the fucking ends the inning. Like, dude, ugh. Now, Killing me. Yeah, yeah but it's going to be interesting. It's cool. I hope – do you think Nick Allen's going to stay? Do you think he's done enough where he's going to be staying on this roster once the – Would you the rather have him or back? Kevin Smith on the roster? Kevin Smith has done nothing to impress me. He had a good weekend against Toronto, but then he immediately got <laughs> hurt. Um, Define good weekend. Couple hits. One of them was in a is in was in a bringing a runners in tough. situation. I mean, come on. I, I don't. I I don't want to throw we, let's, out let's any uh, consensus. Let's wait until on we talk about yeah, noisy okay. to jump into that. Yeah. So actually, that's a great transition and. I'm glad you're the person that brought this up because I, I kind of forgot. So Sheldon Noisy has been awesome to start the year. Yeah, it's he's been so fucking good, dude. You called it. You called well, you called it. Well, one, you were the one who called the signing in oh, the first but, place. But I thought that was you who I, we t- we had this argument last episode. I thought that was you who called that. I called I love him as like he has heavy Max Muncy energy. He's gonna be like a future cornerstone of our team. But I thought you called the signing of him. Maybe it was me. Yeah, I, don't no. know. I think, look, we're just... Someone brought it up on the Melissa podcast, and I was like, oh, and, and someone said, oh, you know he, who would be, he'd be great to play with is, is the A's. You know, I, I thought it was you. 
You know who called it? It was Evie. Good job, Evie. Evie is the one that called Sheldon Noisy, tearing it up. But anyways, uh, he, yeah, he, again, dude. let's not get that number two spot, hitting that number two spot, fucking dude gets on base like it's his job, because it is, <laughs> it's just hitting right behind Tony Kemp. Those two guys at the top of the order is like the perfect situation right now. Murph, Murph hitting fourth is great. We got to, or Murph hitting third is great. We got to figure out the fourth hole. Sorry, I interrupted you. Now, small <clears throat> sample size. 45 at-bats, he's batting 311, one home run, six runs, eight RBIs, a steal. His on-base percentage is 380, he's slugging 400, OPS of 780. So you, it sounds like you are already in line to say he's taken that everyday third-base job. Kevin Smith, you know, thank you for your service. Try to fight for second. 1,000%. Because okay. he's been doing it with his glove too. He's been he's been fucking murdering it over there in the hot corner. Him and him watching him and Nick Allen play today, um, left side of the infield. I was like, man, that's the future of our our left side of the infield. Like that looks really good. I really like that future right there. Um, and he's reliable. And I know you're saying small sample size, but he was he did this all spring too, Julio. Like all spring, he hit 300 all spring. Like and he was reliable in, in big at bats. Excuse me. I. Yeah. It's interesting that that Dodgers trade is kind of coming full circle because Adam Kalerik has had to pitch a lot this season. He's actually looked he's been pretty good. decent. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, you, you definitely could have been in a worse situation. Um, if Cody Thomas comes back and he can be productive too, like, you know, it's it's looking better. Got you guys. I Yeah. I kind of – it's you know what? I think a good equivalent of what the noisy and um, – Kevin Smith debate is going to be like is Brandon Inge coming in in 2012 when Josh Donaldson was just like oh he's not the guy we're sending him to the minors and then second half of the season Josh Donaldson comes up and just goes on an absolute tear and pretty much takes that job from him you think that's going to be Kevin Smith I mean no I'm, I'm not saying Kevin Smith's going to be Josh Donaldson in part but there's a reason, you know, the guy was getting touted as kind of going to be one of the top prospects for the Jays. And then last year, you know, it didn't really translate and up there. So I'm not saying that I'm not. The thing is, I'm trying to say is I'm not willing to give up on this guy. There's still plenty of time. Sheldon Noisy at the end of the day was a guy who got DFA'd and they, it sounded like they were, had the experience with them and all this stuff. It, it, I don't know what you've seen from Kevin Smith that would make you have this much like support for him and confidence in him. One, two, hold on, two. Uh, I I don't think that I'm necessarily like talking like down about Kevin Smith. I'm more praising what Sheldon Noisy has done. So it's like, I, if the guy's killing it over in the hot corner and with his bat, why why would we even consider like? another option there and three Sheldon noisy was a heavily touted prospect for the A's the first time around but you know what the issue is is he played the same position as our number one prospect at the time Chad uh Matt Chapman so it was kind of like where do we put this guy so they started putting him over at second base he played some second base a little bit did that but then you know they didn't want to wait for him to develop because he wasn't hitting for contact very well he was only hitting it out the park so they brought in Tony Kemp and they brought in 
uh, Jed Lowry and all these other guys. So it was just like sometimes, you know, I, I was listening to Bomani Jones talk about this on his podcast this week. Like the idea of the NFL draft is like a really weird concept because you could probably go all fucking day and name college players whose careers were ruined because the place that they were drafted was not quite a good fit for who they are as a player. Sometimes situations happen in the beginning of your career where it's just not the right fit. It kind of derails your career a little bit. I feel like that's a little bit of the Sheldon Noisy situation. So he gets DFA'd for us because guess what? We have Matt Chapman. Don't really have room for him on the minor league roster. We want to develop other younger players. He gets DFA'd uh, or he gets traded and goes to the Dodgers. Dodgers are the most stacked fucking organization of all, all baseball. So he doesn't really get many chances there. Plays the same position as Mac Muncy, um, Justin Turner, Chris Taylor, those guys. I think he's DFA'd there. So we pick him up here. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the situations weren't exactly in line for him. No, yeah. I think you you, had a, you did put a pretty good case on there. And I think the part of it is to me is just like we gave up Matt Chapman and this was a guy in the prospect. So I'm not saying I'm expecting Matt Chapman productivity, but I would love to see him kind of flush himself out. But well, Julio, you have to get that out of your head. Like that's got to that's got to be gone. He's, he's gone. not coming back. Ol- Olsen's gone. You can't compare the guys that are replacing them now with them cuz they're they're not coming back. They're never going to be who those guys are. You just like we us as Ace fans can't think like that. We just have to think this guy's playing third base and he's doing he's doing an insane job. There's a reason why he's hitting second in the order and he's hitting well in that position. You know, like I just I'm not gonna play this comparison to the previous guy game anymore. Otherwise, why we should be doing that with Miguel Tejada for the past ten years, twenty years. Did I just get myself stuck into a um, Patino game? Patino. Game? I mean, you know, I mean, Hassan on Twitter. Whenever a team gets eliminated from the oh, playoffs, yeah. either the Patino. <laughs> Yeah. Matt Chapman isn't walking through that door. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Great topic. Uh, Christian Pache is already becoming an instant fan favorite. Uh, you said uh, earlier, dude. That today, because I yeah. had, I was obviously watching the Warriors game, but I had the the uh, A's game on no sound on one of the side TVs. They cut when pa- Pache came in to pinch hit. They cut to like five to seven kids who had Pache jerseys in the stands already like they're all those jerseys are already flying off the fence i don't know what it is about the way he plays the game but kids you know like the the the, the zoomers love gen z loves uh Pache. so a couple things have happened already where one he looks dynamic he looks like so much fun on the field yeah he plays with so much joy and obviously if you're gonna be doing that in any team especially in oakland they're gonna love you Two, he had a, a tweet that went viral last earlier last week mm-hmm. where um, he pretty much said, like, hey, I'm aware that, like, oh, re- great. You remember that the quality thing is uh, that remember that the important thing is quality, not quality, quantity. Even if it's just one fan who attends the game tonight, I will play very hard for that one fan to go home happy. Yeah. Excellent. fans love that shit. Yep. And then he, to really double down on what he's been doing was a part of the organization. Uh, earlier this week, a young man named Jaden Solis, uh, Solis uh, tweeted at him 
and just saying like, hey, I'm a big fan. And he's like, I'm going to Little League Day on Sunday. And he said, cool, go ahead and have your dad DM me and we'll set something up. So sure enough, he hooked these kids up, got them on the field, got to give them a signed bat and everything. And it's just so nice to hear something like this after hearing those dog shit comments that Robbie Grossman said the other day about yeah. the organization where he's like, yeah, they should just move to Vegas already, more or less. Yeah, Robbie Grossman can go fuck himself. Oak, former Oakland great card revolt revoked. Yeah, he's been removed from the former Oakland great Hall of Fame. I haven't had a player that became – I haven't seen a player become such a fan favorite this quickly yeah. since Cespi. And well, because of the way he resonates with the fans, like the way he in- interacts, like Cespi didn't do that. He was just like fun and like, you know, just high flying energy, you know, just ball, just like jumping off the bat. Um, also, he like fucks around the dugout a lot. He's just like funny, like, like, like Mania was in that way. Yeah. He does and, like, a flex. <laughs> he flexes like, when he makes a play. Love it. Fucking with Tony Kemp after he gets, after he gets a hit and shit like that. Like that's, it's just, it's so much fun. Um, and I mean, he's, he's, he, we all kind of like knew that he was going to be the future face of the franchise. Cause he's our number one prospect now. Um, he's probably already taken that spot. Um, I, when, when they had the, I was watching, uh, MLB, um, network, uh, like Wednesday or something like that when they were doing an ad for the Apple TV plus, um, game of the week, you know, they put like players, like photos of players, um, next to like that so like uh the rangers it was a photo of marcus Semyon, and then for the a's it was christian pache i was like damn like already they, they're really like putting him as the poster boy like it's just perfect he's got the fun hair he's he's fucking he's all over the place in the outfield he gets yeah he's the man i like him a lot oh, and, yeah. and 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 he can really shine in oakland he wasn't able to do that in in atlanta because obviously the service time and but also like all the stars that they have you know you're not going to get bigger than fucking ronald acuna or ozzy albies it's like i tweeted get howard terminal done and i'll buy his jersey yeah and uh last thing before we jump to our main segment we just want to give a quick shout out and uh uh for steve vucinich our uh former uh head of equipment over in oakland um he retired this past season he suffered a heart attack over this weekend his daughter kayla who's pretty active on twitter i'm sure a lot of you follow her uh, released a statement just saying that uh, he had a heart attack yesterday as in Saturday the 23rd and they had to do emergency surgery to move some blockage. He's recovering and doing well. Um, that He is aware of the symptoms of a heart attack. So he, when he felt something was going on, he instantly told his family and they went straight to the hospital. So, you know, the biggest heads up in the world on that. But he's having an additional surgery on Tuesday to clear up some more blockage. Um, it, you know, it's it according to what she's been saying it sounds like he's doing well yeah um, ace pr also like released a statement just saying like you know we were able to speak with with steve and um they spoke with him and he's happy that he's doing well and he's in good spirit so it's all you know just want to give our love and appreciation for the for steve and the rest of the family um that's it yeah all right uh we'll take a quick break and we'll come back we're gonna do um our um, season preview for the league we've been putting it off for a little bit so it's going to be a shorter version of it but we're going to do that so stick around we'll be right back okay MLB 
Season preview time. We're going to um, give our rankings for each division um, throughout the entire league. Um, talk a little bit about each division um, and a little bit about the teams. And kind of get you set up if you don't follow national baseball very much because um, we do. Um, oh, also, if you want to follow national baseball, a great way to do it is if you have MLB.TV or the MLB TV app, every night at around 5 o'clock, they do kind of like MLB's version of Red Zone. for, um, And they like play – it's called MLB Big Inning. Excuse me. And they play. They cut to all the games that are live at that time, which is pretty much like most of the league because most teams um, don't do day games until Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and they like cut to like big moments. If there's a runner on third, they'll cut to that game and show that. And if there's like a big play, they'll cut to that game, kind of do like a replay and show it. Um, it's great. Helps you keep up on the league. Helps you um, see a little bit of each team without having to. Scroll through the channels. It's pretty cool. Anyway. All right, Leo. We're going to start with the American League East. What are your rankings? Um, a surprise to no one. No offense to the Baltimore Orioles. I got them finishing in last. Hey, man. I Look, we everybody talks a lot of crap about our organization, about our stadium, about how our ownership is. I'd rather be an A's fan than an Orioles fan. I'll just say that. Hot take. Hot take. In uh, fourth, I actually have the Boston Red Sox. I really do like the Trevor Story signing. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like they still didn't didn't do enough to address like the pitching depth. especially. Um, and that was kind of my logic. And keep in mind, I've had this written for a few weeks. We just hadn't had time to really present, so it doesn't affect what's currently happening. I have Tampa in third. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I really like... You know, Wander Franco has been off to an insane start this year. He looks fantastic. Um, a lot, you know, Brendan Lau looks like the guy. Shane McClanahan looks like they're kind of giving him off the leash a little bit. But I, again, I don't know what the depth is going to look like for this team, where it's going to look like for the rest of the season. I have the Yankees finishing the second. Uh, I, you know, obviously the offense is there. I really like the Kiner Falefa and the Donaldson deal. And they have potentially one of the best rotations in the American League. Things have to go right. So far, it has looked pretty good. Um, you know, Garrett Cole's had some bumps, but um, uh, Luis Severino has looked pretty solid. And then uh, uh, Nestor Cortez has looked really like a, a out-of-nowhere pickup. He's looked really great. I like them. And But in first, Toronto. I think they're the favorite in the American League, and they've looked like the part so far. So how about you? I have Orioles in fifth, the Red Sox in fourth, the Yankees in third, um, the Rays in second, the Blue Jays in first. Um, when the Rays traded probably their biggest star, Austin Meadows, I didn't understand that. But then I looked at their roster and their farm system, and they just have so much depth that made sense. Like, he's up for contract pretty soon. He's in arbitration. Like, they don't want to pay him. Um, but they still have, like, Brandon Lau. They still have fucking – what's his face? The – Latin dude who like went off in the World Series a couple of years playoffs. Randy Orozarena. Oh yeah, Orozarena. Their pitching is like young. I mean, it's kind of weird. You know, Glass now still hurt, but um, a lot of no names. But like they've been fucking lighting up this season. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I just I couldn't I couldn't 
put the Yankees above them because though you say their pitching has been doing fine this season, I just I'm not sold on their pitching still. I, it doesn't I don't care. Uh, they spent all this money on Garrett Cole and he's been pretty flaccid uh, so far this season. He's had a, he had one really bad start. He's looked um, like a lump of coal, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Um, the Blue Jays or the Red Sox, um, they probably have the best pitching, in my opinion, in in this division. You you really think that it's the Yankees over them? I mean, Chris L's not pitching; he's hurt. Yeah, but he will. What, soon. What's you know? I love Rich Rich Hill, aka Dick Mountain, but it's like he's not going to be dependent for you, and then. Nathan Nivaldi is a fan. He had a killer season last year. Nathan Nivaldi is an excellent, excellent postseason pitcher. But it's, you know, you can never really rely on him throughout the regular season. Um, they do have some guys who have a lot of upside. I think I, I do like Tanner Rorick, and I do like, um, um, oh, my God, I forgot their number five. Garrett Whitlock. But it's. And I like their pen, too. Yeah, but there's I think there's a lot of. To me, if they were like in the AL Central, I would I would definitely shoot them towards the top because of how yeah. competitive this division is. It's just like yeah, yeah. No, I mean I hear you. I mean, but it, I I don't know. I mean, I they have guys who have been who have proven in big moments, so I I like their pitching better. I got it. And the Blue Jays just all around are just fucking stacked. Their yeah. pitching isn't like it's not like star stud like it doesn't jump off the page, but it's like really good, solid guys one through five, and then depth, obviously depth, their offense. Depth. Yeah, and their offense is just insane. Um, yeah, a- NL East. They they don't have a bad position. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. NL East. Uh, go ahead and take it away, Chris. Who do you got in last place? I have the Nats in last. I have the Marlins in fourth. The Phillies in third. The Braves in second. And the Mets in first. I know I put them picked the Mets last year in first, and it was probably a bad decision. But this year, it's their starting rotation. It's just like hard to like not favor them. This is probably one of the best starting rotations I've seen in twenty years. Have you seen that highlight or the clip the other day, where um, it's been a consistent thing whenever Scherzer and Bassett come out of the game. The first thing they do is they bring in the young pitchers and they bring them over and they're like, all right, what went right? What went wrong? I want you guys to tell me. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Leadership, dude. I love it. Um, Yeah. I had the same nationals and last the uh, Marlins and fourth Phillies and third, except I have the Mets in second and the Braves in first. I, I, in my opinion, I think the Braves got better. With all the offseason signings, it really is kind of I've, smart that like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset like I I wouldn't I'm not gonna argue with you no. it's pretty interchangeable I just really like the Mets rotation basically. yeah and and it's the, but the Mets look really really good they look like they're yeah. high and it'll be interesting to see what what Buck Walters really can provide at the end of the day like is it just like somebody's gonna help them even kill because obviously he's got that reputation of not being the guy to finish the job but we'll see i like them though but he has a reputation of having good chemistry in his clubhouse which was a big issue last year um the braves are impressive in in live too i watched them i went to the dodger game on tuesday and they are just a fucking mad stacked like it's yeah and yeah yeah. max freed has looked great so far in the young season Mm -hmm. And like Ian Anderson is is there, Charlie Morton, they don't forget Mike Soroka, Mike Soroka is mm-hmm. gonna be coming back. 
the, he'll be back soon. The pen got even better with Kenley closing out, so I like them a lot yeah. still. Uh, AL Central. I'll go ahead and this take this. The, I just wanted. To, I just wanted to be said. This is the worst division in baseball. I disagree. Really? Okay. This was I'll, the easiest one for me to pick. Um, I've got the Royals in last. Yeah. I've got the the Cleveland Guardians in fourth. The Minnesota Twins in third. The Detroit Tigers in second. And the Chicago White Sox in first. <laughs> okay, so a part of this when we... So you haven't been watching baseball the past two weeks? Is that what's going on? The whole point of this exercise is to not be watching baseball. It's to go get your season prediction. I was trying to base this off of not realizing what's been happening these last couple, first couple weeks in baseball. The Twins are so... They're the best team in baseball the past two weeks. Again, uh, this is before this all went down. But in my opinion... I know, I know, I know. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, I think... I think the White Sox have enough of the star power to really get them over the top. Yeah, they're going to fucking run away with this division. Yeah. I didn't realize... Even with the old fart manager they have. <laughs> That's my impression of Tony LaRusso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't backflip. Um, Tigers secretly have a really dope roster. Spencer Torkelson yeah, but, at first. But second... Yeah, in that division, they have like a super complete roster. And okay, not- let me tell you what I let me tell you. What I, okay, I have okay. the Royals in okay. fifth. I have the Tigers in fourth. I have the Guardians in third, only because Jose Ramirez. The, yeah, yeah. Um, the Twins in second, and the White Sox obviously in first. I really like the Tigers like everyday lineup, where you're gonna have Torkelson at first, uh, Pedro Scope or no Jonathan Scope. I'm sorry. Super underrated year last year. He's at second. Javi's at. He's kind short. of been rotating around to shitty teams for like the past. Yeah, but he's seasons. been kind of a stud. But I, he's been good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wanted him. Like, in, in, he's been like hidden in the corner because he's been on shitty teams the past five or six seasons. Third's gonna be Jaime Caldera. Super underrated. Or um, and then catcher your rotation. Your two catchers are gonna be um, Eric House and Tucker Barnhart. Which yeah, I'll take that. And then your outfield yeah. is gonna be. Robbie Grossman, despite my relationship being over with that guy. Screw that guy. Every time we say him on this podcast, I'm just going to follow it up with fuck that guy. Understandable. But then they added Austin Meadows. Yeah. And then Miggy's their DH. Like, dude, I think that's a really solid one through nine. And the rotation is young and underrated. You know. um, Okay, I want to change mine. Can I put them third? No, I'll put the Guardians fourth now. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, I really like that team. You convinced me. Um, I think... Torkelson's so fucking good, dude. He's, he's gonna, gonna be, be. He's and now that I think about it. He's like he. I would. I think he is gonna is better than Jose Ramirez is right now. So if you if what? you want to base it off of, if you want to base it or he's gonna be better than what Jose Ramirez is right now. Like going to be better. Sorry. So if you want to base it off of like building around the star player, that might be the right move. Now, one, two, all right. I don't have anything else there. I think the White Sox are going to run away with it at the end of the day. But the Tigers yeah, are sure. close. They're going to be a, they're still, a lot closer than people think they are. I still think only one team, one of these teams makes the playoffs. Unless the Twins can, t- I, I, I don't know. I mean, the Twins are, have been really fucking good, but like, I just don't know if it's sustainable. <laughs> now, on to what I think is the actual worst division of baseball. Oh, this was second place for me, for sure. Close second. The, the NL Central? Yeah, as to the second worst. 
Oh, second worst. Okay. Go ahead. And, all right. Yeah. L- let's see who you got there. Who you got in the NL Central? I have Reds, um, Pirates in fourth, Cubs in third. I feel like those three are interchangeable. Um, you know, like they're all just so bad. Um, Car- uh, Cardinals in second, and then uh, the Brewers in first. I've got the Pirates in last, the Reds in fourth, the Cubs in third, the Brewers in second, Cardinals mm-hmm. in first. And it sucks because I've, I've been a big Brewers fan the last couple years, but I think just... Dude, but Woodruff and Burns at the top of your rotation is just like so nasty. Yeah. That's what sold me. I know, but that that car the Cardinals just figured out. They just figured out every year they how they're gonna get through there. I think the pen is disgusting for them too. They got in second place the last two seasons. The Brewers took the division the past two seasons. Yeah, then it's like some, what's gonna something is gonna give. Um and Nolan Gorman's been tearing it up in the minors. He should be coming up any day now. Um, they seem like the team to benefit the most in this division, at least, from having a DH DH spot now, where Yachty can have a day off and he can put him up there. Um, Pujols is actually bidding like over three hundred two or something like that as a DH. But I, as much as I don't want to say it's the Cardinals, I like the Cardinals a lot. Um, Cubs have looked good though. Cubs look sneaky the first few weeks. Yeah, they have. They got some fun young talent, but I don't, I don't see it lasting. Josh Hader is pitching seven games. He has a zero ERA so far this season. I'm He's still that good. Aware of that because I drafted him. He's still that fucking good. Like you say this about the Cardinals bullpen, but like at the end of the day, the Braves have the best bullpen pitcher in the or the league. Brewers. Yeah, he's the best closer in baseball, easily. So it's just like, I don't know. But I think the Cardinals... Hold on, who would you rather have? Yelich? Um, uh, Oh my God, who's the center fielder? Dylan Carlson? No. Oh, Yelich, Kane, and Renfro. Lorenzo Kane. Or Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, and... Who's the right fielder? No, I'm just trying to build around their stars. So I was gonna say Yelich, Kane, and 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 uh, I wouldn't say Renfro. You think Renfro's their third best player? The well, the two. The, well, okay, if you're going off the offense, the Brewers' best talent would be Yelich, Adames, and Adames. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, I would say Kane. I mean, Kane has been one of the best leadoff. His name is Kane. Ten years. Um, but then or or or. or 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 Goldschmidt, Oronado. And Tyler O'Neill. I'd fucking I'd rather take the Cardinals in that one in a heartbeat. Really? Absolutely. Like like, Go look at dude Yelich is nah, I think he's unfortunately he's he seems a little over the hill for me. Hmm. And Goldschmidt's not. Goldschmidt like tore it up last year, dude. He was like one he got overshadowed because of how dominant of like he's like fit. He's like fifty. Goldschmidt is not but, like, you know, the first base was a super clouded department last year because, like, Vladdy was amazing. Wally was amazing. Freddie Freeman was amazing. He just kind of got lost in the tracks. So. All right. Okay. West Coast, best coast, Chris. Home of the two best. We got to divi- switch it up. We'll do the NL first. We'll save the AL. Oh, yeah. I like that. All right. All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and take this one. I have the... Uh, 
Diamondbacks and last. Uh, there's nothing as intriguing to me at all with this team. Yeah. I have the Rockies in fourth. TJ Crone looking good. Uh, Padres in third. The Giants in second. And I have the Dodgers as the first place team. Uh, I have the same, but I have the Giants in third and the Padres in second. Um, I think the Padres with Bob Melvin, he's going to get the best out of that entire team. I just, I, I think they're just, they're just going to be better. They have the talent, more talent than the Giants. So, yeah, um, I think, um, but I think three teams will make the playoffs in this division. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about our, our wild card. Let's, let's go our wild cards and then we'll do our our player predictions, our awards, and then we'll go. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. I am. I'm a, um, obviously, you know, Bow Mills there. Sean and I got lit up a little bit today, but I think they have the most consistent rotation. Mackenzie Gore's looked really good in the young season, but, uh, we'll see. But at the end of the day, God damn it. The giants, just, they just figured out Farhan just figures out with these guys and I hate it. It's because like that guy. Yeah, I guess it's like but... that baseball writer said, they're all, been taking steroids for the last 20 years and that's what <laughs> i just don't know who their stars are that's the that's what makes them good now that buster's gone i mean brandon crawford i guess carlos Rod- oh like who's their offensive stars or just yeah. stars in general i mean stars in general i guess but yeah carlos rondon i guess you could yeah. say and, and uh, logan webb logan webb is jesse really plemons good. but Jr. like he's not a star though dude they're not stars they're good players but they're not stars I, I know this isn't basketball, but it's hard not to think that way. You're sounding a lot like Jerry Buss right now. Have you been watching? Wait, we haven't talked about this. Have you been watching Winning Time? Yeah. Okay. I like it. I love it. Yeah. yeah I think it's, it's, it's hilarious. Um. Yeah. I think there's no debate. And the, just the Dodgers <clears throat> just stupid, talented. Um. Yeah. 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 AL West. I might lose a, a, some some traction, some love from people in here. Uh, I have the Rangers in last. They just don't. Mm-hmm. No, nothing in here. Yeah, they don't do it for me, even though you were high on them in the beginning of the season. Look at all these additions they made. Yeah, that's what they always do. Yeah. <sighs> I have the A's in fourth. I don't yeah, like saying same. that, but we, just, we need to be realistic with ourselves. Mm-hmm. I have the Astros in third. I have the Angels in second, and I have Seattle winning this division. The Angels have gone off to a good start, but I looked at their at their schedule, and they haven't played anybody except for the Astros. But, so it's really hard for me to judge that. Like, same with the Astros. The Astros have started off good, but I looked at their schedule, not very impressive. We're we've probably we're the only ones who faced like actual contenders. Um, so that makes me feel better. But but I have Seattle winning the division. That's my hot take. Yeah, same. Same. No we shit, really? really? Yeah, we were both really high on the beginning, the beginning of the season. Yeah, 100%. So what's, they have, what's so much, er, they have your, a lot of depth, and they is, have good young talent, and they're fun to watch. Um, the Astros, the only reason why I picked the Astros over the Angels is because they still do have a, like, a lot of really good players, where the Angels, you look at their team, and it's like three guys on offense, and then their pitching is still just like, we'll, we'll see. Like Noah Syndergaard, we'll see. Obviously, Otani's going to be going to do great, but it's only he only pitches once a week, so it's like I, I don't know. The it's one just, thing that Angel that I'm a I lot more optimistic. Oh, the about. Astros pitch. The Astros starting pitching is pretty yes. underwhelming. It's yeah. 
Oh, underwhelming. I'll say underrated. I, I really like Luis I Garcia. And, and, but I think the one thing the Angels did a fantastic job this past offseason was just going for bullpen. They needed that's been yeah. the biggest issue for years. So they re signed Iglesias. They signed Ryan Tapera. They signed um, Archie Bradley. They also they signed somebody else. Uh, Aaron Loop from the Mets. So they've made some good signings. And then, yeah, if they can figure it out. That's the biggest problem. We've been saying that this for the last 10 years, it feels like. They just got to figure it out, and they haven't. So I think, in my opinion, if this isn't the year that they figure it out, Joe Madden's gone. Uh, I, they have to prove it to me. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not yeah. gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. I, you, you are an apologist for them all the time. It's because, like, I, I like I don't John. Understand it. John's a I good friend. Un- I, I feel I bad. <laughs> I want to help him out. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. That Every being- year, it's like, it's like we look at this team and it's like they have a, they have talent. They, I mean, they have, they have Mike Trout. They have Anthony Rendon, and then they have like some good. Young talent, and then they get like second to last place every year. Why do you sound like Larry they've, talking they've about done, the next indie movie? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> they they just they they nothing has made me think. No evidence has shown to me that they they can can prove me wrong. So like, I, why would I give them the benefit of the doubt when the Astros year after year make the playoffs or go to the ALCS? All right, we're gonna go into our wild card winners, um, Chris. Who are your? Don't forget this year, each league gets three. So, who are your yeah. three wild card winners in the in both leagues? Okay, so in the American League, I have the Rays, and then I have the Astros, and I have the Twins. So I have one from each. I also have one from each. I have the Yankees. I was tempted to go with the Yankees and sorry, just real quick. I was tempted to go with the Yankees instead of the twins, but then I was like, I don't know. They have the twins are off to this hot start. I got to give them some, something. I have the Yankees. I have the tigers. And then I have the angels. I think the one thing that's going to benefit the the, ti- the tigers a little bit more is Adrian Hintz is a really good manager. He's going to, he's been there before. So but also fuck that guy. You're, it's complicated with them because it's, you know, former Oakland great as well. But, um, yeah, I, I really like the Tigers this year. My NL wildcard winners, uh, it's it's a little more one-division heavy. So I got the Giants and the Padres taking the wildcard spot, and then uh, the Mets will take the third. Hmm. I have the same, but I have the Braves taking the third because the Mets winning the division. All right, award season. Award time. Let's make our, you know, it's, August, it's April, but we're already going to make our predictions for uh, the biggest awards this season. So my two MVPs, my American League MVP and my NL MVP. For the American League, I would have said this even before he started hot. I think Vladdy. Vladdy should have won it last year, but at the end of the day, Otani, uh, Otani had one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen, period. So you had to give it to him. I think uh, Vladdy puts them over the top this year and he gets the award. Um, for the National League, I feel like it's a little bit of an open race. So I'm going to be a little spicy with this one. I'm going to go with Francisco Lindor as my NL MVP. Ha! Okay. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Ha! But. I. All power to you. All right. Who you got? Uh, I'm going with a wild card here for, uh, 
NL, Freddie Freeman. So I think they're going to be the best team in baseball this year, and typically the best team, um, their best player, um, gets a little notoriety, and I think Freddie Freeman's going to have an insane season. Like, you know, he always had really good seasons um, that always felt like it was kind of under the radar, but now that he plays on the Dodgers, who are the probably the most popular, biggest team in on the West Coast, he's going to get a lot of notoriety, so... I think Freddie Freeman is going to is going to do it this year. Um and then for the American League I have Otani. I think he goes back to back. Sick. I like yeah. that. All right, uh Cy Young, who you got? You ready for this one? Oh, actually for uh for National League, uh, it's De- I think DeGrom gets his third. He's just so good. He's so dominant every year. Nothing stops him. I think he's going to be the Sandy Koufax of this generation, so um I think it'll be him. And you ready for this one? Otani's going to double dip. Cy Young, baby. Cy Young and MVP. Oh, man. Here we go. Oh, Lord. He's going to pull the Raleigh fingers. A Raleigh. Oh, yeah. Or Raleigh uh, got MVP and a Cy Young. In the same uh, I think Kershaw did it, too, right? Did he? I don't remember. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Kershaw got it. Um, wow. Wow spicy because he he's gonna start more and he's gonna get more at bats because because joe madden's taking off the reins a little bit and letting him just play not doing the whole like um calculated rest situation so yeah my national league uh i'm just gonna say this i think the cy young will stay in the bay area in both leagues i like carlos rodon as my cy young winner in the national league this year uh, I think they're even even when the signing first happened. I'm like this. He couldn't have gone to a better opportunity than with the Giants, and he's looked excellent so far. So he's my guy. Even if he's not on this team, I think Frankie Montas is. This is the year that he he's bold. Really, it's gonna be bold. I know it is very bold, um, but when that splitter is working for him. There's not many pitches that are better in baseball. And then another thing I was thinking about too is that like the American League Cy Young is pretty open. I mean, it, compared yeah. to the National League, where it's just like it's going to come down to probably like four guys. Where it's, every year it's mm-hmm. going to be Scherzer, Degrom, Burns, Woodruff. That's then, why it was really easy to pick. Yeah, DeGrom so we'll see. But yeah, uh, Frankie Montas and Carlos Rodon. Uh, rookie of the year. I'll make these real quick. Uh, you probably could have guessed it from our conversation already, but I really like Spencer Torkelson. I think he's really going to make a huge impact on this team, and a part of it's going to be helping them get to the postseason this year. Ready for some torque bombs out there in Detroit. Uh, my National League America or my National League Rookie of the Year. I got Seiya Suzuki out of Chicago. He's looked awesome so far. He's looked up. To much the hype that he came over to from with Japan, there is a lot of comparison to Mike Trout, and he's really lived up to it. So I hope he continues that and gets the Rookie of the Year a part of it. So, how about you? I don't know. I don't know enough about National League rookies. I didn't feel confident to pick one. So, and I didn't. I didn't know we were doing Rookie of the Year until right before we came on. Um, but I'm going biased with my American League one. Dalton Jeffries is going to win the Rookie of the Year. He's been fucking killing it. I love that. 
I love that a lot. I'm right. He's been so ass, good. Ass he's been so good. He only had that one bad start, and it was only one bad inning, and he's been fucking killer since then. His three starts, it's been great. And last but not least, our 2022 World Series prediction. Chris, lead us off. You have the honors. Dodgers are beating the White Sox in six games. I think that was the same prediction I had last year, but I don't care. So Dodgers, Whites over the White Sox in six games. Yeah. Got it. I have the Atlanta Braves. Back to back, huh? Over. And I've been holding on to this hot take for the last month. Seattle Mariners in six games. I just don't know if the Seattle Mariners have the experience to get to the World Series. Here's the biggest factor that we're, a lot of people aren't talking about enough is we don't know what this team could do in July when or yeah. when it comes to trade deadline. That their outfield is so stacked with all this like other world talent. Mm. And that have guys who are and then pretty much like Kyle Lewis and Mitch Hanniger are kind of afterthoughts in some sense. So you can easily flip one of those guys to get an ace or to get somebody at the trade deadline. And yeah. I think that's what's going to put them over the yeah, top. Yeah, they'll be active. They'll I think sure even active if you look them. at like their bench, they have, to me, the most consistent roster in the American League. It's just things got to click. So Yeah, I mean, that's why I like them, but I just don't know if they have a World Series in them. This is like – I feel like this is a lot like the hype of like the, the Padres two years ago when they first like jumped on the, on the scene. And it's just like they're going to do it, win it all, and then they lose in the first round, you know? Like, it's just because it came down to experience, and I just don't think. Yeah, and, um, have that. but you know what? I felt I felt hot takey with this. I, I Yeah, I this, this is the hipster pick, I guess, right? I dig it. Um, all right, cool. That's going to do it for the uh, season predictions. So, let's wrap it up, Julio. Um, this uh, coming week, we have the Giants on Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, by the way, we're going to start doing our podcasts on Sundays, not Thursdays anymore. So, Except next Sunday. Um, I can't do next Sunday because I'm going to go watch Seth Rogen. We'll figure that out. Okay, cool. Um, Monday night. So Maybe Monday night. The we'll Giants see. are playing. They're playing the Giants in San Francisco on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then back home for the Cleveland Guardians, not Indians. Um, for a weekend series um, this coming weekend. Not you, just the racist in general. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, who's your player of the week? Give it up for the 925, Paul Blackburn. Damn Paul... it. Ah, gotcha, bitch. Oh. <laughs> that was mine. Um, Dude, two killer starts. He Dominating starts. He I, He's really figured, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, man. I know he's he's added a curveball to his repertoire, and it's looking really good. But uh, he pitched great against Baltimore last Tuesday – or last Thursday, I'm sorry. Uh, five innings, three hits, one earned run, four strikeouts. Oh, look, I, Chris and I are super biased towards him. We'll admit that from the jump because he's from Antioch. He went to high yes. school at Heritage in Brentwood. Like, we're obviously going to love this guy no matter We've what We've always been does. pulling for him. Yeah, we're yeah. always going to push for this guy. We're always going to root for him because of that. But it, he's really been a comparable guy to kind of fill in these spot starts, especially as... I think, yeah. Yeah, especially as Cap is, hasn't been there. Um, they're really trying to figure out this back end, the, the rotation thing. He's looked really good so far. Super impressed. He's my play of the week. 
I think he cemented himself as like a a spot in the rotation. Like that's his spot. Like no one's taking it from him. Like he's pr- proven to be reliable. Like he can be the number four guy in that rotation. Like, yeah, I like it. Sorry, Tick. You're, did you have somebody else in mind? Did you have a backup? No. I did not. I was really set on Paul Blackburn because, especially after the last start, I was like, "Damn, dude, two dominating starts like this. Like, this is what we need this season. You know what I mean? Like, we need, we need one of these like younger vets to step in and like fill these like small little roles. And like, end of the rotation role was like a big one. Like, Adam Aller in there, like, it felt like desperation mode. Anyway, and I think the one thing we gotta say too, then we can kind of talk a little bit more about this week because you didn't i took your guy and i apologize um the a's have this history of just finding these the guys who were kind of diamonds in the rough and tuning them out and having them figure out their stuff later in their careers like look at chris bassett chris bassett was nobody until 2020 and you really started clicking and you were one of the first people on that hype train so not I don't think that, that's gonna happen, but you know, Paul Blackburn is, is yeah, is Chris Bassett. I think he's more of like a Dan Straley, like he's a regular, middle of the rotation, reliable starter. All right, well, since I took that, I'll go ahead and uh, uh, lead off with the um, essential tools. Are I'll get you to let you pick the guy. So uh, last week I took Kevin Smith. He had an, uh, a decent weekend <laughs> against the Blue Jays, and then he went straight to the IL. So there's that. And then Chris took Adam Aller. Um, but you justify your reasoning, though, because like I, it, I think the fans need to hear that. Or so we need do. to reiterate. We need to define, <clears throat> reiterate the definition of this 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 award, whatever the fuck you call it, this segment. The essential tailgate tool is not someone who we think is going to like light it up next coming week. It's there. There's something about this person that. Ace fans need to keep an eye on for a certain reason. Last week, my reason was we need to keep an eye on Adam Aller because he had a horrendous start um, in the first week of the season. And I felt that if he wants to stay up in the big leagues, because the kind of the the move was going to be he takes that fifth starter spot, and then when James Caprillion comes back, comes healthy, they move him to the bullpen. And I said he really needs to have a strong start this coming week in order to stay on the major league roster, not stay in the rotation because he's not going to because Caprillion is our second best pitcher, but to stay on the roster so that he can move into the bullpen and fill with that role. It was fucking terrible. Again, first inning was good. He, um, retired three in a row. And then the second inning, which this, the worst part about it was this was a national TV game. It was on Apple TV. He fucking gave up five runs in the second inning. Another terrible start. If you want to, if you want to move to the bullpen, you're like one of the main things about moving to the bullpen is you can't give up runs in your first two two innings of, of of a start. Like you have to show that you you can get in there, um, get some outs, and and move on to the next guy. I mean, it it's just yeah. So that's what I wanted to keep an eye on, and it, it, he didn't do it. And James Caprillion comes back in a week. It looks like. Uh, I would not be surprised to see him uh, be uh, moved to uh, AAA. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, this week, our essential tools, so I'll take this one away. Um, I'm going with Danny Jimenez. He's been 
uh, great so far in the early season. He's been so kind good. of one of the early big storylines <clears throat> for this team. And it's going to be interesting what's going to happen as I think Lou Trevino should be coming off the COVID IL at some point this week. Um, you know, what's what's his role going to be? Are you, is Kotze going to still, is he going to be the setup man? I, does he feel confident with him just staying as a starter? Because Lou has had his troubles to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, or start as a closer. So we'll see. But uh, that's definitely something to keep an eye on for this week in the in fourth a team. So Danny Jimenez, essential tool. I like that. Solid one. Um, my essential tailgate tool of the week is going to be Stephen Piscotty. Like I was texting you earlier this week, um, we're having trouble figuring out the four-hole hitter situation. Um, our one through three has been solid. They've been consistent and they've been reliable. Kemp one, Noisy two, Murph three. Those guys are have been our best hitters. They've been getting on base. They've been getting on base in that order. So they've been getting guys in, in scoring position. And we've been able to figure it out. Like typically the five or six guy will come up to bat and they'll bring those guys home. And that's why our run differential has been so good because we've been getting runs on the board. But the four-hole spot, we just cannot figure it out. He's tried – Katze has tried McKinney there. He's tried Betancourt there. He's tried fucking everybody. And I think Stephen Piscotty is the perfect person for that. He's a veteran. He's had those big at-bats before. He's got some power. Um, and he's hit in the middle of the order pretty much his entire existence with the A's. Um, whether it be five or six. So I think he's the guy to go there, at least until Ramon comes. When Ramon comes, they'll probably he'll probably shift him to like two and then move Noisy and, and Murph down the order. But Piscotti is the guy, and I think that um, we, we'll see some of that, and I think that it'll be – he hit a home run today with a guy on base. You know, yeah, two-run home run. It's, uh, yeah. it's going to be pretty crazy when Ramon comes back to see what this team will – because I, yeah. I I think we're both in the same boat that Ramon's not going to be the everyday center fielder anymore. No, he's going to be right field probably. Yeah, which he, it worked great for him in that short time with Marte, but yep. Yeah, right. but then Piscotti can go to DH and because we still kind of haven't figured out DH yet, you know. Maybe he could play first. Because we were just—I don't think they've even tested him at first. But it's like Brown's who's, been good. Whose Brown's line good. is it anyway? Whose first base is it anyways? Just everybody <clears throat> yeah. try open tryouts. You can play first. Yeah, but Brown's been the best. Yeah, that's true. And I think just having that lefty bat in there, Brown yeah. will always have a spot on this team because he's a lefty too. So Yeah. All right, Julio. That's going to do it for this week. Solid pod. Solid, Solid. pod indeed. Uh, before we go, we're so close to 1,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I'm sure if Follow you are us. listening to this, you're probably already following. You're already following us. Which, but tell a friend. Yeah, tell a friend. Uh, retweet us do whatever you can we're so close will that make a difference for us not really but it'd be pretty cool it'll boost our ego yeah because that's the last thing we need is for us to have our ego boosted what do you mean oh uh, no or as warriors fans the last thing we need is to have our ego boosted as A's fans we desperately need that ego boost there we go. Uh, yeah exactly correct exactly. myself Chris, hopefully next time I talk to you on this podcast, the Warriors will be in the next round and we don't really have to talk about them much. Um, That's all I got. What do you got? That's all I got. So last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Hey, Chris. Robbie Grossman. Fuck that guy, bro.
Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.